APU. American Public University is proud to present the following podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Marie Gould Harper from American Public University, and we have Dr. Stacey Cram, the program director of the nursing program at American Public University. Hi, Stacey. How are you? Good morning, Marie. I'm doing well. Thank you. Great. Over the last couple of weeks, I've seen a topic on social media, and it's about nurses and their shifts and concerns about patient safety. Now, one of the things that I have noticed that this topic has been around for a while, and I'm not quite sure why it has resurfaced, but I'm glad you're here today so that we can discuss some of the things that I've seen and you can address whether it's a trend or something that's been around. Are you okay with that? Sure. Great. Now, my first question I wanted to ask, what is the national standard for a nursing shift? Do you think it should be more or less? Well, if you search around, there's actually no national standards. So what you're finding is that in some settings, the norm is for nurses to work eight-hour shifts, and in other settings, it's the norm to work 12-hour shifts. Now, I did find the Institute of Medicine, which was one of the impetuses for looking at safety measures in nursing back in the early 2000s, what they recommend is that for nurses that work 12-hour shifts, there should only be 12 hours worked and 24 hours and no more than 60 hours in any seven-day period. So it really doesn't get much more specific than that. The norm nationally seems to be three 12-hour shifts, which is very widely popular with nurses. Okay. Now you mentioned that it's popular with nurses. Is it because of work-life balance or why is that a popular shift? Yes, absolutely. You get to work three days a week and you have four days off, which gives you plenty of time to address some of those everyday life things. So you can go to the grocery store in the middle of a weekday and not have to deal with the crowds on the weekends. And it allows nurses with children to attend field trips with their children. And that's an option you might not have if you're working eight hour shifts Monday through Friday. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And I think it's something that has been attractive to a lot of different nurses and many different, especially hospitals. But we will be right back after this break. And I have a question for Stacy that you won't want to miss. Protecting the public from health challenges such as epidemics requires people with knowledge and skill who are capable of being change agents. At American Public University, you will learn the skills needed to improve today's public health in local communities and around the globe. Take the next step and apply today at study at apu.com. We are back from the break. And Stacy, thank you for rejoining us. And I have some other questions that I wanted to pose to you. And I want to get back to where we left off about popularity of shifts for nurses. Now, I used to work in a hospital in human resources. And one of my responsibilities was to recruit nurses. And would you say there still is a nursing shortage? And the idea of offering this type of schedule is an important tool for recruiting nurses. Well, that's an interesting question because we hear a lot in the media about the pending nursing shortages. And it's an issue that's been going on for years. 
it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. We still have a lot of aging nurses that are nearing retirement age. And we still have patients that are living longer with chronic conditions, which is also great, but it leaves a gap of prepared people to care for them because we're also having a shortage of nursing faculty to educate new nurses. So I think we need to kind of address the issue in a couple different ways. And one of them is offering maybe more flexibility in what shifts are. Three 12-hour shifts are very appealing for younger nurses, nurses with other responsibilities to family and maybe going back to school. But I think we also need to look at considering the option of offering nurses eight-hour shifts, especially if they're aging nurses and they physically don't feel that they can handle 12-hour shifts anymore. So I think, in my opinion, instead of offering just eights or offering just 12s, employers can look to offer packages that will appeal to work-life balance for all nurses, no matter what stage of their career they're in. And another interesting thing is we keep hearing about the nursing shortage, and it's actually very regional. And if you look at projections for the future, you're going to have certain areas that are going to be having very high shortages of nurses. And then you have other areas that are going to be having an extra surplus of nurses. So I think employers in the areas where they're expecting to be shortages need to really look at their hiring and compensation packages to attract more nurses to those areas. That was great. You've brought up a couple of things that I never really thought about. And the first one is about looking at the aging nurses versus the ones who are coming into the ranks. A lot of other industries are facing that particular situation as well. How do we structure a work environment that is very flexible as well as satisfying to the intergenerational community that so many businesses have today. So that was an excellent suggestion. Now, something else that you brought up that I didn't think about, you discussed the shortage in terms of region. Which regions do you think will have the greatest shortage? It's kind of hard to predict because if you look at different sources, you're going to see a couple different answers. But we need to look at areas such as Florida, where our aging populations continue to grow. I know Maryland, where I live, we are projected to have a shortage of nurses. And you look at the Midwest is also projected to have a shortage of nurses. So we need to kind of keep eyes on those trends and see what states are doing. We already do have a lot of state collaborative efforts popping up that are keeping a better pulse on that situation in areas. So you'll see certain states implementing as a whole more ways to increase access to nursing education which seems to be the main focus. From what I've seen, I'm not hearing too many organizations focusing on strategies to retain the older nursing workforce with the flexible scheduling. It seems to be more focused on creating a better pipeline to get more nurses in. Okay, that makes complete sense. And when we get the nurses, just to hear some of your thoughts, why do you think there's so much overtime for nurses? One of the articles that I read today was stating that because of the increased number of patients in nursing situations, that's one of the reasons why there's an increase for nurses to have to work longer hours. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think there's a couple different factors that contribute to this. 
First, we do have existing shortages in some hospitals, especially in specialty areas. So critical care, emergency medicine often seem to have shortages of getting experienced nurses. So we have less nurses that we're able to pull from and work with. And so they're looking at strategies to kind of fix that to get new graduates into those specialty areas through residency programs. But what we are definitely seeing are the patients today are so much sicker than what they used to be. So we're seeing a lot of care shift out of the hospital. The patients that are in the hospital are sicker. They've waited longer to seek care. So by the time we get there, the acuity is much higher than what it used to be. So your patients that are on step-down units today were the patients that were ICU patients five, 10 years ago. So the patients are much sicker. We have paid a lot of focus on shortening lengths of stay, which the research shows us shorter length of stay, better off you're going to do overall, less chance of infection and, and hospital-acquired complications. However, the amount of work that goes into admitting and discharging a patient, as well as securing their resources, is adding a lot of work to the nurse's workload. And the final factor, I think, that contributes to how much nurses are working in a day is the amount of documentation that's required now. We're moving to electronic medical records, most have, which is great. It's great for data collection and data retrieval. However, we're also finding that we have so many documentation requirements. We have organizational requirements. We have requirements that are coming from the joint commission that we need to capture. We have state level initiative data that's being captured. We have centers for Medicare and Medicaid services. They want different data points. So nurses are often spending more time documenting than they are doing actual patient care. One study I found said that one third of nurses currently are staying beyond the end of their shift. That's quite a bit on a regular basis to complete their activities such as documentation. And 51% of nurses are finding that they are coming in and working overtime and working additional shifts because they're being asked to because there's a lack of other staff that are regularly scheduled to come work. Okay, you bring up an important point. And I think because I'm a former HR person, you've described how the nature of the job has changed. And even though it has been popular with these shifts, that may not necessarily be the case now because the nature of the job has changed. Do you find that many of the administrators are looking at that combination? And I think you mentioned strategy before, but is this a particular area that they're trying to figure out? How do we make this a perfect combination? So I, I think it's a difficult problem for a lot of people to solve because we do so much staffing based on the census. Now, you know, our census is 15 patients, our grid tells us that for 15 patients, we need four nurses or whatever it might be. And I think what we're not seeing is staffing based on acuity. And there's some more emerging research. There's still not a whole lot out there on what that perfect magic number is. Or So it's really a guessing game every day and almost like a chess game and trying to strategically ensure that you have the staffing. So we are seeing more use of float pools, 
or per diem nurses that can come in float nurse positions specifically that don't have a home unit. They float between a certain specialty area set of units so they can fill in when acuities go up and go down. But we know California has their staffing ratios, but there aren't other states that have done this. So it's very difficult to adequately staff based on number because of the acuity that we're seeing of the patients and how it can flex at the drop of a hat. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Now, with all of that said, how are you preparing the students in your program to be able to address these type of issues in their role as nurses? So a couple of the things that we're doing in our courses is first we have an emerging trends course where we have students explore the nursing workforce projections And they do this at the national level, state level, regional, and then even within their organizations so that they have a feel for what's going on and where they might be most successful and finding employment. We also explore the concept of global nurse migration and how we can use supplemental staff and we see nurses coming in from other countries to assist with our nursing shortages. But I think most importantly, we discuss the concepts of healthy workplace and when they are looking for positions, what are they looking for that can help them have a happy, healthy and productive career working on a nursing unit? We do talk with them about some of the drawbacks from a patient safety perspective to working those 12 hour shifts and 12-hour shifts is such the norm, and our nurses and our associates to bachelor's program are so excited to work three 12-hour shifts, but they don't realize that's actually considered an extended shift, and the normal is considered eight hours. And when we have nurses working this long, research tells us over and over there are increased risk for medication errors, there's difficulty staying awake, and there's documented decreased productivity in the last four hours of the shift, increased risk of errors related to decreased vigilance. They are actually more prone to needle sticks. In addition to that, they're higher risk for chronic diseases such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, hypertension. So we encourage them to find and seek out positions that will help keep them healthy and help them learn strategies to be healthier in the workplace so they can have a more fruitful career. Now, those sound like some good words of wisdom that you are leaving with the future nurses. And with that, a thought came to my mind, and I guess I'm asking for your feedback and thoughts. What would you say to those in the healthcare profession in terms of when they're recruiting nurses, you get to work with potential nurses and you hear some of their desires and things that they hope for. What would you tell a recruiter in terms of this is how you would recruit my students? I would say they have to be able to offer competitive benefits and not in the traditional sense necessarily of salary or healthcare benefits, but we really need to take a more personalized approach. So I found a statistics, 31% of Gen X will change jobs within the first two years of their first nursing job. So that equates to about ninety to one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars to replace them, 
And so you're losing some experience at that point. The organization's losing money. We need to recruit the right people and we need to help them stay by offering those packages that are going to work with their work-life balance, because that is more and more important to people today, I think, than it was before. We were all very ingrained to you work hard. There's a deep sense of loyalty. We're kind of not seeing that so much. We're seeing people a lot more concerned with that work-life balance. So I think we need to come up with creative compensation packages to get people in the door and retain them, allowing them to go back to school, allowing them to work more flexible shifts. Yes, it may be harder initially to get the schedule covered and will require some creative scheduling patterns, but at the end of the day, it may be safer than and a lot less expensive than constantly training and retraining and recruiting and hiring new nurses. Okay, that sounds like some good words of wisdom. As you were speaking, another question came to my mind, and it's actually for the nurses, and it could be the nurses or future nurses in your program. But in addition to learning the technical aspects of the job, given that they are working with patients, what are some other skill sets that you believe they should hone in on in order to be the best nurse that they can be? I think one of the most important things is a strong sense of ethics, a strong sense of loyalty. I think you'll find most people that go into nursing don't do it for the money. They don't necessarily do it for the three 12 hour shifts. They do it because they just have this really inherent need and want and desire to help people. So I think if we can find those authentic people who genuinely are there to care first for others, those are going to be the most successful nurses. We also need people that are excellent communicators. So much of our time should be spent with patients providing education building good rapport, those therapeutic relationships, because not only is it important for the patient and help them feel connected, but so much in healthcare is driven off of patient satisfaction these days and reimbursement for patient satisfaction that we really need nurses that are people persons that can develop those relationships. Okay, that seems like skill sets that is needed in a lot of industries these days. And um, thank you for sharing that information. Now, my final question, I just want to open it up to you. If you had the opportunity to basically give some feedback to both future nurses as well as people in the healthcare profession, what would it be, especially as it relates to overtime and patient safety? I think it's very important for nurses to engage in lifelong learning. And I don't just necessarily mean formal education. There are so many wonderful resources through continuing education, through professional organizations, seeking out professional specialty certifications that really provide access to just so many new resources in nursing, all the latest evidence Medicine and healthcare changes so quickly, nurses need to be flexible and be able to keep up with that. And I think that by preparing themselves, by being readily educated and open to these new concepts and ideas, they're going to have a lot easier time in the workplace as all the changes are occurring around them. They just need to be prepared and ready for change. And it's a lot easier to kind of be the leader and on the forefront of change. And by being that lifelong learner, 
and always questioning why and how can we do this better? And is this the best way to do something? They're going to be greatly contributing to the safety of the patients at their organization. Great. Well, thank you. And I look forward to a lot of feedback on the information that you have shared with us. For more information about our university, visit us at study at apu.com. APU, American Public University.